Planning for retirement with an eye on taxes and fees is a big job. On today's show, some tips to help make sure your money lasts all the way through retirement. Welcome in to your retirement with Sam Jones. Season's greetings, everyone. I'm Chuck Caton, a consumer advocate, and this is Your Retirement. And it's Dual Financial Strategies that presents this program to you every week. But the one thing is... We don't have Sam Duell, nor do we have Andy Schooler, but we do have Luke Van Abel uh, ready to uh, talk to you this week about your retirement. And remember, you can always uh, count on the true fiduciaries there at 866-203-7486 because they are independent and they will give you a no-cost, no-obligation retirement lifestyle review. And Luke... uh, well, it's good to have you with us. I think you've been, you're tired of shoveling snow, I guess, uh, from the last storm about a little we- over a week ago, aren't you? <laughs> yes, the shoulders are a bit sore, so. Well, uh, I was going to do a little bit with um, all due respect to the Wizard of Oz and, uh, of course, uh, Dorothy and Toto. Taxes and fees and debt, oh my. Taxes and fees and debt, oh my. Uh, but saving for retirement, as you know, is a big job, ladies and gentlemen. And now that we're living longer, that's the good news. And in some cases, longer means we have to save even more money. That's obvious. So how can we manage our savings and stretch our dollars to make sure we don't run out of money? That's what Luke Van Abel is going to talk about here in our first segment. And the first thing is, uh, take a look at what you may be paying in what I call, Luke, financial termites, and that is fees. That it is, Chuck, that you bring up a really good point. I mean, because here the goal is to try to keep as much of the wealth that you've created as possible. And um, one of the first ways we can do that is by understanding... Uh, we, I think we all understand that, you know, there's there's no such thing as a free lunch. And so no, even in the investment world, it's going to cost something. But do you really know what you're paying in fees? Um, there's some different terms that I'm going to throw out just as a little bit of an um, education this morning and kind of break down what are some of the different fees that are common out there so you can be educated and start to kind of have the the right questions to ask to better understand what you're paying so at the end of the day you can keep the most amount of money in your pocket. And the first one, Chuck, is expense ratios. Uh, That is the average dollar value of what you've got invested divided by the annual charge applied to all funds. So this is really common inside of mutual funds, index funds, exchange-traded funds, and they're all going to vary as to how much those expenses can be inside of those. Historically, Um, The mutual funds will have the highest expense ratios, so the cost to own those. So that's something you want to be mindful of. But there's also something, Chuck, called mutual fund transaction fees. And that's a charge that um, a broker could have for buying and selling mutual funds. Um, Another way to look at this could be the sales load on a fund. So for example, if you put in $100,000 into a fund where it has a sales load, you may really only invest ninety-four dollars to $95,000 of that because that additional money to get you back up to your initial investment goes to the broker that sold you those accounts. So that can be quite steep, 5 to 6% right out, of the, right out of the gate, and then some of these ongoing fees um, going forward. And another one of those ongoing fees are the management fees inside of mutual funds. So the management fees, those are the fees paid out to the funds investment advisor for managing the funds investment portfolio. Uh, This is going to be a cost incurred by 
somebody who's taking control of the investments, helping ensure that they're allocated properly for you on a monthly and even daily basis. And this is often very transparent. I mean, you should be well aware of the cost associated with this. It should be documented so that you're well aware of those costs. Another fee that's um, unique to the mutual fund world is something called a 12B1 fee. And that is just fancy industry talk for kind of a marketing managed account fee, kind of all looped into one. Um, And they will deduct that portion of the fee right from the account. So when you add up kind of all these, the expense ratio, the transaction fees, management fees, 12B1 fees, and maybe some other fees, it's not uncommon in the mutual fund world to see in excess of 1% or even 2%. And we, we said that those load fees can be even higher than that. So when we're talking about fees, it's great if you can find something as low as possible so you can keep the most money in your pocket. All right, let me ask you this now. Uh, when a client comes in and asks about those fees or went to a broker and uh, did not ask the right questions, uh, can they dispute some of these things or at least educate themselves on some of these fees? They absolutely can, Chuck. Um, one of the ways you can do that when you when you come into an office is to ask about them. There's different um, analysis that can be done to determine what the fees are going on inside of your current accounts right now. Um, it's hard as a consumer to see what those are uh, without digging through you know, hundreds of pages of prospectus that we all receive. Um, but if you have questions like that, you can absolutely dig in more and understand. And if you need help with that, that's where a competent financial advisor that specializes in retirement can help kind of give you a, a checkup on where your fees are at today. Well, there's no time like the present to build a retirement plan right now. Whether you're in retirement, uh, it never hurts to get an updated strategy. So part of that is learning about fees, uh, working with the people at Dual Financial Strategies, because uh, an updated strategy in place is uh, very, very prudent, isn't it? It absolutely is, Chuck. I mean, many people underestimate how much they should store away in order to live comfortably through retirement. I mean, you don't know because you haven't retired before, but you'll need to account for your everyday bills and increased costs of healthcare, but you also want to consider the amount that you would offer that would be needed sort of to provide for your financial freedom and to kind of accomplish some of those other things that might be a little bit more discretionary in nature, uh, maybe that you've been dreaming about during your working years. Yeah. So it, coming up with a clear vision can be really important um, as you're leading into retirement and just having a good understanding of what what's your retirement lifestyle going to look like? I mean, do you want a vacation? Are you more of a homebody and you want to golf? Is family important to you? Is relationship important to you? Is it more about spending time with family? What's that going to, what's it going to cost to do those things? And then kind of planning and having an income plan for your retirement. Absolutely. And we're talking to Luke Bonabola here of uh, Dual Financial Strategies this week about preparing for retirement. If you're four or five years away from retirement, you should be thinking about things like managing your debt, right? And also uh, creating a guaranteed income stream. We talk about that because uh, the less debt you have, the better in retirement, obviously, as you prepare. And of course, you need those multiple buckets uh, of income. Yes, Chuck. Managing your debt is a big one um, because, you know, that's kind of a big weight going into retirement if you've got a lot of consumer debt, credit card debt. Um, so a, a tip here for those of you that might struggle in this area, um, there's kind of two, two, two different philosophies with it. But one is just, you know, listing out all the debts you have in order of from 
from the highest interest rate down to the lowest interest rate that you've got. And then just start starting to make some extra payments on those those higher ones so that you can alleviate some of that burden going into retirement. And then I think that the big key here is as you start to pay some of these debts off, don't just turn around and and um you know spend that money. Celebrate by shifting that money over into a retirement account. You know, you're not going to be living on any less, but that's going to help you build that retirement nest egg up that you may feel like you've been lagging on. Well, here's an interesting one. Uh, when we talk about income streams here, the average millionaire has seven of them, uh, seven different income streams, of course, including Social Security. Right. Yeah, that's uh, some interesting statistics out there that the average millionaire has over seven income streams. Um, you know, that could be various jobs. That could be husband and wife working. That could be different businesses. That could be real estate investments. Um, it could be, you know, investments uh, coming from your retirement accounts. So I think, you know, we talk a lot about when it comes to retirement accounts diversification, but I think what millionaires are doing really well is they've also diversifying their income stream. They're not just relying on social security or social security investments. They've got numerous different income streams coming in um, to provide that that needed nest egg and that needed amount every month so that if, if something happens to one of those they've still got a leg to stand on. Absolutely. And of course, the four-letter word we always talk about every week is S-A-V-E, save. And if you can uh, increase your contribution by 1% a year, that can uh, really uh, play dividends for you. It can. Um, This is something that you can set up automatically with your employer. It's something that you could set up with your financial advisor to just say, every year I would like to increase my uh, savings amount by 1% up until the maximum amount, um, because as you're seeing pay increases, then you're contributing more. And if it's set up on automatic, then you don't have to, you don't have to remember, it's just going to get done um, for you. Absolutely. And don't forget those catch-up contributions, too. If you're over the age of 59 and a half, you can really do it uh, very, very uh, nicely uh, if you've got your 401k. And uh, remember that taxes are a part of it, so you've got to be aware. Right, Chuck. The the catch-up contribution, kind of the magic age there is once you go over the age of 50, they'll allow you to contribute more to that 401k. They'll let you contribute more to that IRA. Um, and so this is a good opportunity that if you've been behind in those contributions, you can you can throw some additional funds into those accounts to watch that money compound. And as you talked about, Chuck, with taxes, this is this is sort of the elephant in the room that not a lot of people are thinking about. We are in a historically low time period right now for taxes, and it's an incredible time to plan for taxes because this is one area that we have some control over, Chuck. I mean, we have control over how much income we're taking to a large degree, and we can operate within these tax brackets that we don't have much control over. But we, if we can ebb and flow the the cash flow coming in and out, that can have a big impact on the amount of money that people are keeping in their pockets for retirement. Absolutely. And that's a great advice from Luke Van Abel here of Dual Financial Strategies, because working with a financial advisor, ladies and gentlemen, is a great way to catch expenses, uh, to learn about uh, what you have for expenses as you approach retirement, investing in consistent growth funds, and effectively managing your money, because it's never too early or late to get started to get the most out of your retirement savings. And that's what Dual Financial Strategies can do for you. Give them a call. 
no cost, no obligation. Uh, let them uh, put a retirement lifestyle review in order for you. Sit down with Luke or Sam or Andy and give them a call at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486 because it is about your retirement. Anywhere in the Fox Valley where you're listening to us, uh, why give them a call? 866-203-7486 because... It is your retirement, and uh, the fine folks at Dual Financial Strategies, uh, with over a score of years of experience, can help you to and through retirement so that you can have the lifestyle that you want and the confidence to know that you can pay for that lifestyle when you retire. Once again, it's 866-203-7486. And Luke, we've got to take a break. What's coming up in our next segment? Some surprising statistics about how Americans are using their 401ks. How much do you really know about your 401k? You might be surprised what your money is doing while you work. We're going to learn about 401ks here as we return to Dual Financial Strategies, your retirement program. I'm Chuck Caton, and we have uh, Luke Van Abel in studio with us. Uh, Sam and Andy are on assignment right now, and we are going to uh, take a look at the 401k because it is a great savings vehicle to help us save for retirement, that is for sure. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, what do you really know about how they work? Well, Luke's going to help you out here. We've put together some things to remember here uh, when it comes to your 401k because that's what they do the best at uh, Dual Financial Strategies. And one of the things is, you tell me, Luke, when you have people coming in, uh, what's the average person have uh, in terms of funds and, uh, and uh, that type of uh, portfolio? Yeah, Chuck, if you're talking about funds inside of your 401k, um, the vast majority of people's mutual or 401ks have mutual funds or exchange traded funds inside of them. Those are the investment tool options that they have. But I'd say on average, Chuck, um, I see between a dozen and two dozen different options. And I think the stats out there are come in almost right there at the middle where they're, the average is around 18 different options within 401k funds. But the average account... So the average individual participant is only using just under three of them. So this is a little bit concerning. Um, you know, do you have the level of diversification then needed to successfully retire when you've got a limited number of choices inside of there? Yeah, that's the interesting thing because I don't think a lot of people realize, and we, we've talked about this. In fact, last week we talked about the lack of diversity in your portfolio where some people come in and say, well, I've got all of these different uh, uh, mutual funds, but they're all kind of parallel, right? And then and, and when you mm -hmm. start dissecting uh, what they have for their investments, you kind of point out to them that uh, they're actually all going in the right direction. And sometimes it could be in the wrong direction depending on market circumstances. Right. And then there can be a lot of overlap. I think that's what you were alluding to there, mm -hmm. Chuck, that yeah. there's a lot of overlap with these funds. So just because there's there's 18 different ones, how, how similar are they? How dissimilar are they? That's what true diversification is, is owning different things. And one zigs, the other one's going to zag. All right. We're talking 401k here on uh, your retirement with uh, Luke Van Abel of Dual Financial Strategies. And here's something I didn't realize. And uh, I don't know who's come up with this statistic. Uh, 
maybe it was Vanguard once again, that says that roughly half of all contributions that people make in a 401k are invested in one type of fund. This is just what we're talking about here. And uh, maybe that fund is a bit diversified. Maybe it isn't. But putting all the eggs in one basket doesn't seem like a good idea, does it, Luke? No, Chuck. Yes, that was Vanguard that was talking about 49% of people's 401k funds are in one type of fund. And that is what's called a target date fund. And for those of you that aren't aware or maybe have this but aren't fully aware of what that is, that is a, a, a fund where you've got a date, you set out a date around the time period that you would like to retire, and it will automatically, so they say, rebalance the internal investments inside of there. So as you get closer, it's going to get a little bit more conservative um, to keep to keep that in line with what they think kind of the general rule of thumbs would be there. Um, but, you know, Chuck, not all target date funds are created equal. I mean, they're, the composition of them can be different. What they hold, you know, just from one target date fund to another. The fees inside of them can vary. Um, how they trade can vary. I mean, I've seen articles that say that, you know, they're not even as conservative as you would think they would be say you were in a you know a 2025 fund meaning you're projecting that you're going to retire here in the next three to four years well that should be getting more conservative and another thing you want to look out for with um, these target date funds is it just ensuring that um, the transparency with them because I, I don't think that they're overly transparent about um, the types of investment, it's, it's not as easy to see what types of investments are inside of there, and the fees can be another area of concern there. Yeah, that's a, that's a very, very good point, because when you sit down with people at Dual Financial Strategies, they will sort all of this out. Uh, I mean, I didn't even know what a target date fund was until I started doing a program with you. Uh, and so, uh, you know, if you've got questions about your portfolio, you've got that 401k, you're working hard uh, for your money, you're trying to save for retirement, uh, the people uh, at Dual Financial Strategies can help you out with your retirement lifestyle review and help discern some of these things that we're talking about today regarding the 401k. It's 866-203-7486, 866-203-7486. And it is all about your retirement. And this is what we're talking about here with Luke Van Abel here at Dual Financial Strategies in our segment that um, deals with 401ks. All right. Uh, people remember Enron. People remember some of these other defunct companies and some of the workers probably saved and had stock in their companies. But um, what do you think? Savers rarely buy their company stock if they're smart, uh, even though it could be the greatest company in the world. Maybe there's some exceptions. Obviously, there are, uh, Luke. But um, what do you think uh, about that rule of uh, uh, buying company stock in the company you work for? Yeah, I mean, one of the most basic rules of personal finance is to diversify your investment portfolio. We've talked about that. Um, and I think having too much of your eggs in one basket in general isn't isn't a good idea, but especially when your company may be publicly traded because now your income, right, your, from your job is linked to this company and your retirement is also linked to this company. So if they fall on hard times... Now you've got a double whammy. Not only is in the short term your income affected, but your long term is affected as well. Um, so I think if you are going to go into company stock, I don't think 
that it's it's all bad to go in there, but just remember to keep that a small portion of your overall investment allocation. Yeah, that is very, very good advice from Luke Van Abel here of Dual Financial Strategies, where their number is 866-203-7486, and you'll get that retirement lifestyle review when you sit down at no cost and no obligation. I can't stress that enough as we're in the holiday season here. You don't want to be paying uh, for... Uh, Uh, something that you're not getting. But you're going to get good advice when you deal uh, with dual financial strategies. We're talking 401k, and uh, obviously there could be some uh, younger listeners uh, who have uh, maybe just joined a company, a 401k, and uh, they don't realize the ramifications of it. They don't know even if they're going to work, Luke, for, for that extended period of time with one company. But most people get started uh, because they're being convinced it's it's automatic, really. Uh, you get in there and you should be doing this is the uh, prevailing feeling. Yeah, I think the the employees that have the most success when they go to a new company are those that have some sort of 401k that goes on automatically. They make it really easy for you to make contributions right outside of your, your paycheck. They get sucked out and you know, you're less likely to miss those. Um, we, Chuck, we haven't talked about it in a while on the radio program, but um, back in 2000, right back in 2020, January 1st, they came out with the SECURE Act, mm-hmm. and that changed how people have to take required distributions and so forth, um, and how money's passed down. And they've been talking about a SECURE Act 2.0, and one of the provisions that they want to have inside of there is having this automatic enrollment into 401ks, forcing basically all employers to set up every employee on 401k, of course, they'd have the option to opt out of that at any time. But realizing that if this is automatically done for them, they're probably not going to opt out of it. But this is a great way um, to begin to save for retirement, to see that compound interest over time, and really start to set yourself up for the chance to to leave work at some point. Yeah, I couldn't imagine anybody working for a company that offers a 401k not taking advantage of it. You, you have to. Uh, it started with me in 1987, uh, Luke, probably before oh, wow. you were born. <laughs> it was uh, really close to when I was born. <laughs> with, with my company at that time, the Hartford Whalers Hockey Club in Hartford, Connecticut. And it was one of those things where I had to even be convinced because in 87, I was 35 years old. And it was a, a case of uh, learning that uh, that was going to be the best way to save money. And the best thing about it was they take that money out of your check. You're not paying taxes on it right now. It's tax deferred. Well, of right. course, I'll be paying the price in a couple of years with those RMTs. But, hey, I've had that uh, opportunity for 35 years or so to, to really grow that money. So that's what we're trying to tell our listeners, uh, I think, uh, right? It is. And, Chuck, I, uh, I can still remember my first full-time big boy job was uh, in the United States Navy. And I can still remember being on the cold tile floor when the drill instructors, it was, you know, kind of finance day. And they had this little sheet of paper and we could fill out whether we wanted to make on automatic contributions to our retirement account. And I thought, you know, this seems smart. And they really encouraged us to make some level of a contribution. Um, They kind of threw out a small percentage and said, hey, you can always increase this. You can always decrease this. Um, And I'm so glad that I did because right at 18, you're starting to make a contribution. And sure, it's slow at first, but then it just starts to kind of snowball on itself. And you're like, oh, I've got a decent chunk of money saved here. 
Absolutely. Well, that's, that is smart, and that's why Luke is in the business he's in right now, and that's helping you, ladies and gentlemen, at Dual Financial Strategies. And I guess when we talk about savings, uh, it's never too early, and it's maybe never even too late if you're in your 40s or early 50s listening to us. But what about this stat? Uh, you talk about saving. Uh, the median saver apparently puts away about 10% of his or her income. Do you think most people do that? You know, Chuck, I, I've seen some statistics recently um, that it's almost a quarter don't do anything. Um so that's a that's a bit concerning, but I would say if as a median, yeah, I would believe that number because there's people doing uh, larger chunks than that, making up for some of the the ones that are not. But ten um, percent is a great place to get to if you're not there. Try to get up to a ten percent number or more, realizing that you know if you're working for an employer that's also making contributions, a lot of times they're going to give you a match. If if they have a match, folks. That's just free money. You've got to take advantage of that no matter what your age is. Um, do what you can to get up to a place where you're receiving that free match money. Absolutely. Great advice from Luke Van Abel of Dual Financial Strategies. And remember that uh, they will give you a comprehensive, no-cost, no-obligation retirement lifestyle review when you come and make that appointment at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. So whether you're in Green Bay, you're in Appleton, anywhere in the Fox Valley, uh, take advantage of uh, the, the folks and their expertise at Dual Financial Strategies, whether you have a retirement plan right now and you want a second opinion or you're approaching retirement in in the, uh, as we call it, retirement red zone, anywhere from five to seven years prior to retirement, and you don't have a plan. Uh, just as Luke said, most people may not have a 401k contribution. They're not making the, the uh, uh, matching contributions and uh, pouring in it so that the company will max uh, out the match. So remember, 866-203-7486 is the number to get that no-cost, no-obligation retirement lifestyle review here at Dual Financial Strategies. 866-203-7486. We've got to take a break, but uh, we're going to learn from our mistakes in the next segment, aren't we, Luke? We are. Learning from our mistakes is good, but learning how to avoid them is even better. When we come back, we will show you some things retirees wish they knew before they got there. Dual Financial Strategies, and this is your retirement. I'm Chuck Caton, and we're going to talk about mistakes. Uh, people know probably uh, now that I used to be the uh, voice of the Wisconsin Badgers many moons ago. <laughs> Maybe you don't know that by now, but I was a hockey broadcaster. And hockey, they always said, Luke, was a game of mistakes. We have Luke Von Abel with us uh, here in this segment as Sam Duell and Andy Schooler are away on assignment for this week's show. Uh, but uh, really, uh, we don't want to see you make mistakes in retirement. And uh, really, none of us knows uh, until we get there. Uh, what retirement has in store for them. So uh, Luke's going to outline some things that many retirees wish they knew uh, before they left work. All right, we don't want any mistakes here, as you mentioned before, Luke. So no guarantees uh, for your retirement investment. This seems very obvious that when you make an investment, you can't always, uh, especially in a hot uh, stock market that we've seen overall in the last several years, uh, it's been a real bull market. There's still no guarantees to your retirement investments. You got to be aware of that, don't you? You do, and I think especially when we come through a cycle where the market's been doing really well, we start to forget about you know the big corrections and the big events that have happened in the past. Uh, we start to get biased by 
the more recent events that have happened. Um, so while we prepare for retirement, it's good to know that there are no guarantees when it comes to your returns. Um, just ask some of the retirees who collectively lost in the neighborhood of $3.4 trillion in the Great Recession, which was back in the 2000, late 2007 to mid-2009 range. So as you approach retirement, rebalancing your portfolio to protect against these risks is really what's going to help you not only stay committed to the investment plan, but also help you successfully retire and your attitude towards investments is what's going to ensure that your plan is adopted to your new goals. So it's it's important that you understand. And, um, you know, we talk about risk quite a bit, Chuck, on the program. And that's our that's our kind of scientific approach to a risk questionnaire where you can go to our website at dualstrategies.com. And right up there in the top right corner. If you're so inclined, you can fill out our risk questionnaire, which is going to provide you a numeric value between 1 and 99. And this attitude should really be what helps drive how you're positioned. Because if your number comes back really high, well, then you've got a really high appetite for risk. But if you're like so many of the families in our area that have, you know, just saved and stewarded their money well throughout the years, they've got relatively modest debts and lifestyle. Um, and they want to see that wealth preserved in a lot of ways for themselves and maybe the next generation, then it wouldn't it make sense to make every decision from a from a allocation and tax perspective with that end game in mind. Absolutely. We're talking about mistakes you may make. We want to make you aware so that you don't make them. And one of the mistakes, this is kind of a bittersweet one for me, it costs more to live longer. Now that seems obvious. But it's one of those secular things that uh, you want to live longer, though, Luke, but you've got a plan for it. You absolutely do. Um, the studies are out there. The World Health Organization is saying just that. Um, from 2000 to 2016, folks, um, the average life expectancy grew by five and a half years, which you know is great from a global health standpoint, but it could also impact your plans. If you're not planning to live that long, um, will you run out of money? You will need to save more for retirement than your parents did because you're going to be living longer. Uh, you also um, are living in a time where, unlike you know your parents and my parents and grandparents, they they had interest rates that were much higher, so they could go out and get a CD for seven eight percent, have most of their assets inside of there, and kind of sail off into the sunset and live off that interest. Today, it's not that easy. So it can be crippling and it can make you not want to spend any money if you don't have a proper plan in place. Uh, but that's not a that's not a good plan. So picking away at your retirement savings and hoping it lasts is not a withdrawal strategy. Yes, hope is not a great strategy. And I know that a lot of people back years ago that you're talking about, Luke, uh, actually lived on their interest. They put a big chunk of money in and they lived off that 7 or 8 or 9% interest that they used to get with CDs and uh, obviously savings accounts. And those days, I think, are evanescent, meaning they've gone the way of the mongoose. I don't think they'll be coming back. But that's the way it goes. We're talking about mistakes here uh, with uh, Luke Van Abel of Dual Financial Strategies. And uh, you don't want to make one when you uh, declare Social Security, right? Because you make more from Social Security if you wait. Please explain. Yeah, Social Security is the number one income source for the vast majority of people when you look at it over the rest of your life. And um, the vast majority of people, it's right in the neighborhood of 50%, Chuck, 
decide to take Social Security right at age 62 when they first become eligible. Um, but what many people may not know is that here, we're, you're eligible for up to 132% of your benefit, say at your full retirement age, which could be in the neighborhood of 66 or 67 years old. So the longer you wait, the more you're going to receive. It grows at nearly 8%. I mean, I guess, Chuck, to, to our point before about not being able to earn 8% on our money, well, here's the way you can. That's folks. right. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you just wait to take your Social Security one extra year, well, congratulations, you made 8% on your money. And I realize there's other imp- implications to this, but this is just something to be aware of, um, especially as people are living longer. Um, don't, don't just count on you know passing away when you're 75 years old. We're seeing people live longer and therefore waiting to take your Social Security at the end of the day then will provide and put more money in your pocket. All right, we're talking about learning from mistakes here and we don't want to make mistakes, especially Luke, when it comes to tax planning because it's complicated. It absolutely is complicated, Chuck. Um, for retirees, you know, we talk about Social Security. That can be taxable. That's going to be taxable for the vast majority of people out there. Um, We've also got these tax-deferred accounts. These were the tools that the 401ks, the traditional IRAs, that were available to you back when you started contributing. You you didn't have a Roth IRA back then. Um, But all these things are going to be taxable when you start taking distributions. And maybe you're going to say, well, Luke, I just won't take any money out of that IRA. Well, at some point, you're going to have to. And that new magic age is 72 years old. So... It's with careful planning that you need to consider how and when you start to take money out. Um, and, and maybe waiting to take until you're 72 years old could be a bad idea, especially for those that have larger sums inside of their retirement accounts, because now we've just got kind of a tick, ticking tax bomb, right? Waiting out there, looming out there, where you're going to have to start and be forced to take that out. So. We can't control the markets, but this is an area, Chuck, that we can control within um, the tax bracket that we're in and where we live. So start to have and start to consider taxes more. And if you're not comfortable in this area, please reach out. It'd be a privilege to help you kind of make sense of this area and show you how you can reduce your tax burden. Absolutely. And what Luke's talking about is giving them a call at Dual Financial Strategies to talk about all of this at 866-203-7486. And it doesn't cost anything and there's no obligation to work with them. Just get a second opinion from them because you know you need to consider health care costs and long-term health care, too. Don't make a mistake and not uh, realize that. Right, Luke? Right. The... The average American couple today, Chuck, spends $280,000 on health care and retirement. And that comes from prescription medications, dental, vision, all those things that are kind of wrapped up into there. And granted, Social, Se- or Social Security Medicare is going to cover some of that, but there's also gaps that are left with that. So if you've got questions on health insurance, on Medicare, on the gaps inside of there. We do have a member in our office that specializes in that. Um, His name is Lake. Um, So we're happy to answer more questions about that. But Chuck, you also brought up long-term care and that's kind of a separate animal. People kind of lump that into the same world as their healthcare costs. But Medicare doesn't cover long-term care, Chuck. And nearly half of Americans about to turn 65 are going to require some form of long-term care in retirement, according to Forbes. So while it's possible that maybe your your children would be able to take care of you um, if you didn't have 
you know, your own set long-term care plan or money earmarked for long-term care. I think the more important question is, do you want a loved one to care for you? Do you want to put somebody or force somebody to be in that position? My wife and I were just having this discussion this last weekend, and we both agreed that it would be way easier to have a stranger in that position than it would be one of our own children or loved ones having to see us that way. So there's all sorts of different ways that that can be solved for. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Okay, we're going to wrap up this segment. You talk about children. You talk about your parents. You talk about the sandwich generation, which sometimes I feel like I'm in, whereas uh, you may have children. I, now, thankfully, I don't have this situation where your children may not be financially independent and they're still living in your basement. you got to worry about that. That kind of retards uh, retirement. And the uh, same thing happens with your parents. If they need assistance and they can't afford it and you feel compelled to help them. Let's just uh, talk briefly about both those things well chuck my kids are still living in my not my basement on my first floor but that's because they're only six and eight years old oh so good. that's okay that's 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 acceptable <laughs> you mean they're, they're not they're, working yet <laughs> they're, they're working around the house plenty hard so that's good but um they're welcome to stay a while they're not they're not going to get the boot yet but um yeah i i see you know in the last 10 years of helping families, you know, in or near retirement plan for this area, one of the big stressors can be children still living at home, aging parents as we talk about. And I get it. I mean, this is challenging because we all want to see what's best for our kids, right? We want to be able to help them when they're going through a struggle. Um, but at the same time, I think we have to ask ourselves, you know, what's really the most loving? Is is bailing them out every time the most loving? Um Maybe not. And every every family's got to sort of make that decision for themselves. Um, but it doesn't hurt to kind of plan knowing that, hey, there's a good chance that there might be a parent of yours that is going to need some help. And if you're in a financial position to be able to do that, uh, to do that. But if you're if you're not, um, you know, it, it's OK to seek help. It's OK to talk to other siblings um, and come up with a different plan for that. Absolutely. It's 866-203-7486. That's the number you should call right now to make that appointment. 866-203-7486. And uh, get that retirement lifestyle review because it is all about your retirement and it can be constructed for your needs. What is your lifestyle going to be like in retirement? How much money will you need to uh, foster that lifestyle? Well, they can answer those questions, Luke, Andy, and Sam, all for you with over 20 years of experience in the financial world and in the retirement world. So once again, it's 866-203-7486, 866-203-7486. Give them a call. No cost, no obligation. Make that appointment now. Uh, at Dual Financial Strategies. Well, Luke, it's been a quick-moving show. I know it's question and answer time next, isn't it? Yeah, listeners have been busy this week sending us plenty of questions. When we come back, we're going to tackle as many as we can. Welcome back to our final segment of uh, Your Retirement. Chuck Caton here along with Luke Van Abel. As uh, Sam and Andy are on assignment this week, happy holidays to everyone in our listening audience uh, anywhere in the Fox Valley within the sound of our voices. And Luke, I guess you're ready to go here. As you said, the listeners have been busy with a lot of questions uh, intermingled with uh, a little bit of Christmas shopping and getting ready for the new year. Uh, Are you ready to go? Let's do it. All right. We're going to go to Greg, who is in Denmark. Not literally. He's in Denmark, Wisconsin. Uh, do beneficiaries, uh, well, he could be. I don't know. He could be in Sol- uh, Solvang, 
You know that little town in California that is the Danish town uh, up there uh, in wine country? But we're talking Wisconsin here. But Greg wants to know if uh, beneficiaries pay taxes on life insurance. Very simple question. Greg, and that's a great question to recognize the importance of taxes and the implications that that can have on your estate. But generally speaking, um, one of the biggest benefits to life insurance is the fact that those benefits are tax-free, that they pass on tax-free in most cases. There are a couple unique situations uh, where they wouldn't be tax-free, and that is if for some reason the heir, the beneficiary, didn't take those payments all in one lump sum. They kept it at the insurance company and took some sort of an income stream from that or split it up over time. That would be a situation where you'd want to get a tax professional involved to see what the implications would be. And also when the death benefit is paid to an estate, the person or persons inheriting the state may have to pay estate taxes. But by and large, Greg, um, Life insurance proceeds are tax-free, so you don't have to worry about the tax implications. All right, and that's good to know, and that's where uh, they come in at Dual Financial Strategies. There are strategies to uh, have a lot of life insurance in your portfolio and uh, lots of different uh, instruments, and uh, you can find out all about it by uh, contacting them at 866-203-7486. All right, let's go to Kevin, who's in Appleton. A co-worker referred me to a financial advisor that he'd been working with, so I went for a visit, but as it turns out, the advisor recommended the exact same mutual fund to me that he recommended to my friend, even though our situations seem to be vastly different. Uh, is it normal for an advisor to have a signature strategy, or is this something that I should be concerned with? Kevin, you bring up something that I hear all the time from people uh, feeling like they're just a number and the strategy is the same for me along with a variety of other people. Um, Many firms do have a signature strategy, but it doesn't have to be that way. Um, There may be limitations just on the way that their company is structured and the way that they can provide to clients. Um, Some companies are more captive in nature, meaning they can only use a certain set of tools, a certain set of investments. And that might be why you're seeing some of that overlap. I would recommend asking Um, potential advisors, you know, when you're going into this scenario where you might be interviewing somebody to, you know, how are the investment decisions made? You know, sometimes you're involved with that. Sometimes another team is involved in making those decisions. But I think your concern is, is founded here and it's your money at the end of the day. So I think it's important for you to stay educated. At Dual Financial Strategies, we have many different types of investment tools that we educate our families on. And we want you to be comfortable with the custom allocation for your specific situation. So it's not a one size fits all. um, And not all firms are that way. So start exploring other options if that's a big enough concern for you. Yeah, I think this is a good time too, Luca. Maybe give a little synopsis to our listeners about how dual financial strategies works because you are independent and you do have a lot of uh, different uh, portfolio opportunities and uh, investment opportunities at your disposal. So how would it work? I walk in and uh, how would you treat me? Looking at, uh, if I asked you, what can you do for me? Uh, What are the various things you can do? Uh, Tell us how, uh, a little bit about how uh, dual financial strategies works and uh, the people that uh, can help you in different areas uh, for retirement planning. Yeah. So, I mean, folks from the radio, folks from our classes will come in. We sit down in that first meeting. We have you bring 
a variety of documents, but really it's more just a conversation. We want to get to know you. We want to get to know your situation. What is it you're looking to accomplish? You know, maybe we've talked about something throughout our radio show. I find that we'll hit on a hot button for folks and they are really concerned about long-term care or really concerned about income or taxes or whatever it might be. And we just gear that meeting right towards that. I mean, we don't have a preset agenda of things that we got to get to. I have no sales brochures that I'm going to give you in that first or second meeting. It's just a conversation to see if we're a fit. And and if we are and you're comfortable and I think that I can add value to you or your family, then we kind of continue on in the process and have additional discussions about um, kind of where you're at today, kind of give you a health checkup. Are you on track? Are you not on track? What are some areas that you can make improvements? Um, and that just kind of take it one step at a time to get you positioned in the best way possible for your retirement. Absolutely. And this is why you should give Luke a call, uh, Sam and Andy as well, at Dual Financial Strategies, because it is not cookie cutter. It is not uh, something that, uh, as uh, the uh, caller, uh, the uh, listener Kevin said, uh, one of these strategies that is a signature strategy. The signature is going to be signature to you uh, and only you at 866-203-7486. It'll be your signature because it is your retirement. A couple of more questions here now for Luke. Uh, we'll go to Alloway and Doris is there. Uh, I just turned 65, Doris said. I plan to retire in two years. Uh, do most people have a mortgage payment in retirement or do they have their home paid off by the time they finish working? I'm trying to figure out if I should accelerate the process of paying off my home. My interest rate is 3.5% and I owe about $40,000. What do you think, Luke? Doris, it's another great question. We appreciate you writing in. Uh, it's most common, I would say, in our area to see the mortgage being paid off um, and has been. But I would say the trend is shifting towards people having maybe a little bit of mortgage going into retirement. And I think that's because, you know, again, we're seeing rates being relatively low. I mean, you re mentioned that your interest rate on your mortgage was three and a half percent. I'm sure um, at 65 years old, you've seen a day if you had a mortgage back in the 80s where your interest rate was five five times that. Um, so right now it's pretty cheap and a cheap way to leverage um, that money to use somebody else's money while allowing yours to grow more. So I, I am missing a few pieces of the puzzle here. I mean, I don't know entirely what you have saved, Doris, um, you know, what kind of assets you have right now. I don't know if 40% makes up uh, a a larger portion of your assets if it's sort of a drop in the bucket. But I would say just as kind of a general rule, um, seeing I don't know your specific situation very well, but by all means, reach out, give us a call and be happy to discuss the details further with you. But assuming that, um, you know, you've got other assets, I, I would I would say, you know, keep some of those assets available to you at your disposal. Don't necessarily pay off the mortgage with you having another two years left um, just because you can potentially earn more with your investments by just keeping it over in your investment column and just continue to pay off your mortgage as you have been over the next two years. And then um, that also gives you the flexibility that at some point, if, you know, things changed, right, if the investment market changed, if it wasn't as 
bullish, you know, if it wasn't doing as well, that you could start to trickle some of that investment money over there right now. But I think keeping the investments where they are, as long as they're working for you, is probably the better strategy. Absolutely. And I'm assuming she doesn't have a large amount in a savings account, which is paying virtually nothing in terms of interest. So it's, uh, maybe she wouldn't uh, have enough money to take it right out of her savings account and just pay it off right now, like some people did that I know, <clears throat> me included, mm -hmm. but uh, that was several <laughs> years ago. But uh, Anyway, uh, good advice by Luke Van Abel there. And now our final question comes from Chuck in Harrison, who says, I've got two retirement accounts, one that's uh, my current 401k that I'm contributing to and on track for retirement, but I also have another 401k from a previous employer uh, worth about $330,000. So should I roll that over into an IRA or just leave it where it is? Or does it really matter? Chuck, that's a great question. Um, we call those previous employer accounts or uh, previous 401k accounts orphaned accounts because they're sort of left behind, left as is. And it's really hard to say specifically, not knowing your goals or your, your, uh, your goals for the money, um, your age and some other things. Um, but, and whether that orphan money is sort of meeting your expectations. But if you're asking, I'm guessing there's some level of concern as to what to do with that. And you might be you know, having some concerns with those money, monies. And so moving those monies over into an IRA can provide a few things for you. One is flexibility. Um, you can start to do some tax planning, um, look at Roth conversions, where that's a little bit more difficult inside of the 401k. Um, diversifying your assets. We talked earlier in the show about kind of the limited investment choices inside of your 401k. So you're probably seeing in the neighborhood of a dozen to a dozen and a half different choices there. And so the advantage, of course, in going to the IRA is now the investment world opens up to you. You've got all sorts of other choices um, for investments to diversify that, to be sure that it's positioned well. And as you get closer and closer to retirement, um, you may want to start to think about income and you likely aren't going to have the guaranteed income solutions inside of your 401k and um, you certainly will have limited income choices within the mutual funds that are inside of those plans. So um, making that switch, it, it can matter. It absolutely can matter. It's likely going to be in your best interest to at least explore that. All right. Good advice from Luke Van Abel this week here from Dual Financial Strategies in our question and answer segment. Now it's your turn, ladies and gentlemen. Pick up that telephone and dial 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. And give the fine folks at Dual Financial Strategies a call because they've got a retirement lifestyle review that is uh, tailor-made for you. Once, as Luke said earlier, he sits down, has a conversation, finds out what your goals and aspirations are because it is your retirement uh, tailored right for you. Anywhere you are in the Fox Valley, it's 866-203-7486. 866-203-7486. It's a no-cost, no-obligation sit-down with Luke or Sam or Andy or any of the fine folks at Dual Financial Strategies with over 20 years of experience in the retirement realm. They are independent, and they are fiduciaries who have your best interest in mind. Once again, it's 866 203-7486. Well, we've come to an end of another program, Luke. Uh, I hope uh, Andy and Sam are having fun on assignment and uh, your final thoughts. Yeah, I know you've got concern, folks. I, I meet with you every day. Um, this process in our office, I mean, what people say all the time is that you're just easygoing. 
you speak in normal terms. That's what you're going to get when you come into the office as well. This will be more easy than you think. And imagine how you feel when this process is completed. So give us a call. Look forward to seeing you soon. Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.